What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Hernition. Joined, as always, by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouting, Devin Jackson. And joined by co-host of the Blue Chip Scouting Podcast, Matt Valdivinos. Matt, how you doing today, man? I'm always doing good, guys. I feel good. I'm excited to talk some football. We've got, like, five days till the draft or something. I'm stoked. Oh, dude. I, I, so I mentioned in uh, a mock draft article that should be coming out today when you guys are listening to this, um, that this is the longest um, draft season possibly ever, and that includes 2014 when they inexplicably moved it back two weeks. It's just felt like forever. Yeah, and what sucks to you is like, the, these past two weeks are consistent, like this upcoming week and, and the past two weeks are consistently like the busiest time of my year, right, of everyone's year, because this is where we started going full 120%, get everything done, make sure it's all done by Thursday. What sucks is like, because I have all day to finish everything when I usually don't, like I have school or I have work, with this it's been like, okay, I have to kind of pace myself on the draft content I'm doing or else <laughs> I'm going to like finish everything two weeks ahead and have nothing to do. Uh, see, that's why I'm glad Dalton has got, uh, kind of spaced out the releases of my articles a bit, because originally I wanted to finish so that when school, you know, when I was still writing my exams and all that, I would have time. Then school got canceled, so I had, like, way too much free time. And if I had uh, planned it out accordingly, I would have been done, like, a week and a half ago. But, uh, you know, the big board, I think, is coming out Monday. Um, the mock draft is coming out, like, Tuesday or Wednesday. Then drafts on Thursday. So, you know, it feels like it's been a year and a half since uh, since the Combine. But uh, we're almost there, guys. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been quite, quite a journey for sure. Uh, me doing this for the first time this year. Everything that just kind of went down, you know, usually the draft process, you're just speeding through. And, you know, then you're at draft day. But now it's been like weeks and weeks and weeks. You know, we don't have we didn't really have many pro days. And then, uh, you know, we the combine was pretty much the last event where we got to see a lot of these prospects and everything like that. So everything's been kind of sped up here. Um, but it's exciting that we're finally on draft week. Um, you know, there's already already been a bunch of trade talk uh, between teams, you know. Potentially a Falcons moving into the top five and Lions may be trading down. Giants may be trading down, you know, multiple trades going on throughout the first round. Chiefs potentially interested in trading up in the first round. So it's been it's been a whirlwind already on Monday. So you can only imagine what's going to happen over the next couple of days and really the hours and minutes leading up to the draft. Because uh, I feel like after those first two picks, then we're really going to see some interesting trades potentially go down so that's kind of why we're all here you know we had to think of something and i thought since it's you know it's the end of smokescreen season almost uh why don't we just go kind of go around the table and give out some uh, some juicy bold predictions um you know as many as we got um i'm gonna why don't i start because i think i got i think i got a, a juicy one I think that there's not going to be a single trade in the top six picks. And I'll tell you why. Burrow's going number one. We've known that since, like, November, December. Chase Young is going two, and that's going to make Matt a very happy Redskins fan. Um, I, think at th- <laughs> I think at three, uh, that's got to be Okuda. I mean, everything the Lions have done this offseason points to it being Okuda at three. I think that... 
well, Dave Gettleman is in fact Dave Gettleman, and he's never traded out of his first round uh, pick ever. And I think that's going to remain the same. And I also think that the uh, rumor that they've basically had it leaked that it's Isaiah Simmons is true because it's the Giants and that's what they've done for the past decade is leak their pick about a month out. Um, five will be Tua, six will be Herbert, and then seven for uh, the Carolina Panthers and our guy Jared Feinberg will be happy at collecting future assets. That's really where I think the trades start. I don't know what you guys think. Um, I agree that it is more than plausible that the top six stays where they are because I think Tua's medical flags come in. Um, I think the Lions are the most likely to move down, and I think they're the most hungry to move. I think they very much would like to trade down. Um, but it, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if all six stay where they're at because of some of the concerns that I don't think either the, the Dolphins or Chargers are very interested in moving up for a quarterback, and I don't think anyone behind them is interested in moving into the top three. Yeah, I generally feel, um, you know, top six could very much remain what it is. Uh, I know there's been talk about the Falcons moving into the top five, but I don't think they have enough capital to move into the top five or willing to part with uh, a lot of draft capital. Uh, I mean, they're trying to compete in NFC South, so they need every pick they can get. So I don't I don't really see it happening. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions traded down. I think that would be the most likely thing. Um but then again, I feel like, you know, for the Dolphins and um, for the Chargers, I just feel like there's going to be a quarterback there that they can take. I guess it's just going to depend on who they take, you know. Um, but that'll be interesting to see for sure if anyone trades down. From, I feel like the Lions will be the most likely one. But really out of that top six group, I think it would be the Lions. Really nobody else wants to trade back even more. So. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Um, for some reason, I'm starting to feel like Jordan Love might be the second quarterback taken. Oh, okay. To the Dolphins at five? Yeah. Damn. I, right. I think that, you know, it's been pretty much a foregone conclusion that Tua was going to go to the Dolphins, but now I feel like a lot of Jordan Love's team has been going on in the last couple weeks. Um, I know teams like to take guys based on where they can be. Um, and for Jordan Love, I mean, he's a high-risk, high-reward pick. You know, he didn't have a great last season with Utah State. Uh, can make all types of sorts of just crazy throws, you know, off a platform. And I don't know. I just I'm just starting to get the feeling that Jordan Love is going to be the second quarterback taken off the board. Um, and I mean, honestly, I feel like it should be Tua, uh, just a Herbert. I think he's great. I think he's a great prospect. But I don't know, man. I just there's something about thinking about Jordan Love in a Dolphins uniform and just based on what they have around him that I just feel like it just suits him. So that's my hot take. Honestly, it wouldn't blow me away. Um, Dane Brugler, a couple months ago of The Athletic, uh, when writing a... Actually, it might have been like pretty early in the draft season, but had GMs comparing Love to Pat Mahomes. Um, so it honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. 
I think, yeah, you talk about him as a boomer bust prospect, but when you look at Love, Herbert, and Tua, they're all kind of that. Tua with his oh, medical yeah. injuries, mm-hmm. Herbert with his lack of growth in college. So I think that if you decide to bank on Love because you believe he has the biggest upside and all three of these guys have relatively low floors, uh, it's an understandable selection. So honestly, I wouldn't be super surprised. Um, I think if Love was the second quarterback taken, I think that means that Tua probably falls out of the top ten. Yeah, I could see that. Um, but for my bold take, um, I think the Lions take Derek Brown. Whether they stay at three or they move back, I don't I know. I was why. wondering if you were going to bring that one up. Yeah, so I tweeted this out yesterday, too. Like, I have this... I think the Lions do it. It's, it, it would be a very Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia. Um, it's a big need on the interior. Um, they did go out and get Danny Shelton, but I don't think you let Danny Shelton prevent you from taking Derek Brown. Uh, I personally prefer Javon Kinlaw. Um, I'm not saying this would be a good pick. I think they should just take Okuda or Simmons. Um, and I think ideally they would look for a trade down and then take Derek Brown, but I do think at the end of the day that there's a very strong chance that Derek Brown ends up at Detroit line. I can see it. I would. I. I would probably. I mean, I, I like Derek Brown. He's my number five overall player. But position value, pick three. He's not as good as Quinn and Williams was last year. He's not as good as that Oliver was last year. I don't. I. I think Javon Kinlaw is better than Derek Brown is. I don't think it would be a good pick for the Lions personally. I. I um, mean, I, I'm. I'm very close on on, on both uh, Kinlaw mm-hmm. and and Brown. I think that like Brown per se is the better uh, like player. I think Kinlaw has a higher floor because or sorry has a, the higher ceiling because of how uh, well versed he is in pass rush, whereas Brown is more of a run stopper. Um, yeah, I would agree as well. Yeah, I just oh god, not not at three. I he fell to seventeen in the mock draft that's th- that I put, uh, which. I think it's a good place to segue for my next one. I had this happen in the mock draft. I mentioned Carolina trading out. I had the Jets trading up. They traded back to to 11. And they still get Isaiah Simmons at 11. I think Isaiah Simmons could fall out of the top 10. He shouldn't. But the NFL does love to overthink things. And there are going to be teams that are going to pass on Isaiah Simmons because he doesn't fit a traditional single-position off-ball linebacker role. I think that the Panthers can trade back four spots out of the top ten, still get Isaiah Simmons, and replace Luke Keekley with basically Luke Keekley 2.0 for the next ten years. Hmm. I... I don't know. Luke Keekley was a really, really good football player. He, like, he was. Know. He was. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know I, I feel I, as soon as I, as soon as I left my mouth, I'm like, I feel like I'm <laughs> underselling just how damn good Luke Keekley was. <laughs> um, maybe I think it'll be interesting. Ron Rivera had a massive, put a massive value on the linebacker position in his time in Carolina. That's why they drafted Keekley so high. That's why they drafted Shaq Thompson, um, kept Thomas Davis around for so long. Right? They really, really valued that. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see the how Matt Rule does because at Baylor. The linebacker position wasn't the point of emphasis. It was very much the defensive line and ability to create pressure. Um, but, I, I mean, I do think it, it's a good fit. I think the Panthers are in a really good spot, whether they're at seven or at the trade down, because they have so many needs with really strong players. I'm not sold that there's either Simmons or Akuda won't be at their pick. Um, I think either would be a great pick for them. I also think either of the interior rushers, Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw, um, I think they could take Javon Kinlaw specifically if Derek Brown's off the board just because 
there's a lot of rumors that the Falcons are very much interested, so taking him over the Falcons would be a good move, weakening your divisional opponents and strengthening your own roster. Uh, so I do think they have a lot of positions that they can go to. Uh, and I'm also not sold that if one of, like, Herbert or Tua, that he, they don't garner consideration. Yes, Teddy Bridgewater signed a three-year deal, but it is Teddy Bridgewater who signed a three-year deal. So I think looking at that as well will be interesting. But I think overall the Panthers are in a really, really good spot. See, I, you know, I say that, and then we also know that Gettleman loves his linebackers. He's the one that drafted Keekly and Shaq Thompson. So, I mean, it's very possible that Simmons has gone at four. And, I mean, our guy Connor Rogers was mentioning last month that, you know, it's all sides are it's Simmons, and they're trying to make sure it didn't get out of the building. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I would be upset as a Redskins fan because... I love Isaiah Simmons. Uh, oh, I would be pissed as an Eagles fan, yeah. but we stand no I'm, chance. I'm really of banking him. on an offensive tackle there, so that would be the dream. The, my my long standing dream is that Beckton goes at four, and then the Eagles <laughs> take like Patrick Queen at 21, and then the Cowboys take like Christian Fulton at 17. That would be the best day of my life, comfortably. <laughs> All right, Devin, what you got for your next one? Well, before that. Um... So, say the Lions pass on Akuda. Do you think the Giants might take Akuda at four? The Lions pass on so. I don't think they so. They paid a lot of money invested. to Byron Jones. They've invested. No, Byron Jones. They they paid uh, James Bradbury. Byron Jones. Oh, J- James Bradbury. Sorry, I got I got my I got my slightly overrated corners mixed up. <laughs> um, yeah, Bradbury. Sorry, they've they've put a lot of emphasis on the cornerback position recently with James Bradbury and. A lot of draft capital. They took DeAndre Baker with a first-round pick. They took Sam Beal with um, a supplementary third-round pick, I think. Yeah. So there's a lot of... uh, They took Julian Love with a third-round pick last year. So they've invested a lot of resources into young young talent at the cornerback position. I don't think they would do it again, personally. Which is um, why I think that there is a possibility that Okuda would make it down to seven for the Panthers. Gotcha. Uh, I guess my next one, uh, I know that, you know, it's been pretty much widely said that, uh, you know, the top two edge guys are probably Chase Young and Caleb on Chase on. Uh, I think after that, that's where it starts to get a little interesting, uh, which is why I think Josh Uche will slip into the first round. Oh, that is spicy. Um, I think that, you know, Kind of, kind of with like the reports that have been going out that, you know, the consensus is that the media is like down on players that might necessarily go in the first round. But in my mind, like people that have not been really considered first rounders, but I think can very well be. It's like Josh Uche and then like someone like Michael Pittman Jr. Um, I think those two guys are guys that can slip in the first round just based on a team falling in love with them and feeling that they, they might take him now. Who might take Josh Uche? I think that's a different question. Uh, it sounds like an but, Eagles pick, to be honest. I'm okay with that. I think that... I love he, Uche. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that he, he can slip into the first round um, just based on, like, after, like, Chase on and after Chase Young, then it really starts to get interesting on who teams want. I mean, you got Uche Gross Matos in talks, but... You know, he his his potential really hasn't even been tapped into really. Uh, having watched him all season last year, you know, there's games that he 
just wasn't there. You know, felt like he was on the field, but he just his presence wasn't. On. I feel like every game Uche made some sort of play. You know, whether it was in coverage, whether it was pass rushing, uh, making tackles in the backfield. Um, you know, Zach Bond has also been a name that's been mentioned. But I think Uche can slip into the first round. Yeah, I can't. I, be, I fell in love with UJ real, real late in the process. It was well after the Senior Bowl. Um, but he had, like, his game against Iowa was excellent. I think he's, he, him and Caleb on Chase, to me, are both guys who I think are better suited to be in a more versatile defense, who are best suited to play off the ball as a linebacker on first and second downs and then um, move up in, as a nickel rusher, right, on, on third and passing downs. Personally, I think that, the first round might be a little high, um, but I could see it just because how dominant he was in the senior bowl um, and how misused he was at Michigan. I know that uh, senior bowl director, Jim Nagy talked about this. He tweeted about it, that, that he is comfortably higher on teams boards than some of the media is giving him credit for. So I wouldn't be super, super surprised. Um, it would just be interesting to see where he goes. I don't want, I don't think he should be drafted as an every down defensive end. I think he should be used a little more open because he's so strong in pass coverage as well, especially for a linebacker. Uh, so it would be interesting to see where he goes. Uh, for my yeah, next definitely. one, uh, this is one of the two. Uh, this I've actually, I, I talked about this at the senior bowl and I tweeted about it and I got a lot of kickback. But I think at least one, maybe two, one of Isaiah Simmons or Jeff Okuda are going to fall out of the top ten. Um, mostly because of team need. Uh, I think especially if you see Derek Brown go to three, right? Then you've got the Giants, who I, I'm still not convinced are going to take Simmons. I still think are very much going to weigh the idea of taking an offensive tackle uh, and invest in Daniel Jones. You get to five and six, who we both, we typically expect to be quarterbacks, but if the Chargers don't go quarterback, they likely go tackle. If the Dolphins don't go quarterback, they likely go tackle. You get to seven. I think this is where one of them probably goes, but I think Javon Kinlaw is also an option here uh, at the Panthers. And then you get to the Cardinals who want to move back, who are also likely going to take a tackle um, if they don't. And then you get to the Jaguars at nine, who I think take probably Akuda, I would imagine, if he's there. And then Simmons is there at 10, but the Browns are probably going to look to take a tackle if they don't trade back. So I do think that there's a very real possibility, especially if Derek Brown does go through, that Simmons or Akuda fall out of the top 10. I think that that you're right in that if that... It, it really all depends on Derek Brown going three, though. Mm-hmm. Which... And I also think that apparently some teams think C.J. Henderson's just better than Jeff Akuda, so that would also be something to watch. Oh, I poked fun at that for a good couple of days last week. You know, the good morning, but only to those who have Jeff Okuda as quarterback one. <laughs> Which should be everyone, but I guess yes, not. Yes, I agree. Uh, hold on to your seats, gentlemen, because my next one is a scorcher. So I think, and Matt, especially with you being a, a fellow former offensive lineman, uh, you can you can pretty much agree with, with, with the consensus that the top four tackles are, in some order, Wills, Wirfs, Thomas, Becton, right? Yes. I think Ezra Cleveland goes before one of them. And by no means should he. By no means should he, but there's just way too much smoke about Ezra Cleveland being like this analytics Jesus that, I mean, I need someone to explain it to me like I'm five because I gave him a fifth round grade and I Um, have no idea why he's being talked about in round one. 
So I have Cleveland as a second round grade. I do think he's a good football player. Um, should he go over the top four tackles? No, not even slightly. And I think there's another two to three tackles I would take over him. Uh, I have um, 12 listed over him. So at the same token, there is a possibility that Austin Jackson could go before the four, one of the four top four guys, um, which I think is equally, if not even more, kind of wild to me. Cleveland is very much upside-based, right? So is Jackson. My thing is Cleveland's issues are very coachable, right? Uh, a weak anchor, you can fix that just by getting into a weight room, an NFL weight room. Boise State's not exactly known for producing very strong and powerful offensive linemen, right? That's not really what they do. They've always been a, a team who who's competitive because they're so fast. They play so fluidly. They don't produce big guys, but they produce good athletes. Um Cleveland has the length, right? He just, I think he weighs like 310 pounds. He's very, very light in the butt. Uh, so getting in a weight room is automatically going to help with this anchor. I think his natural athletic ability is on display um, in his pass protection, but the technique's not very good, right? The feet are smooth, but the hand placement's an issue, and his hit mobility's kind of a problem. He doesn't keep himself in front of the rushers well enough. I think getting somewhere that has a good offensive line coach, we talk about Cleveland being somewhere that is very interested in Ezra Cleveland, um, they just went out and hired Bill Callahan, who now that the Patriots offensive line coach Dante Scarnecchia retired, I think that Callahan is now the best, the undisputed best offensive line coach in the NFL. Um, so I think if you put Callahan, if you give him someone like Ezra Cleveland, then you're talking about a very, very high upside player who needs a lot of coaching with the best offensive line coach in the league. I mean, we saw what Callahan did with Eric Flowers last year. Which is so I think shocking. there is, Yeah, exactly. I think there is a level of... I think Cleveland right now is a better football player than like Austin Jackson is comfortably to me because wow. Jackson's yes, he's super athletic, but his athleticism, he doesn't really do much of anything right except for be athletic. Cleveland, I can <laughs> see the, he has naturally smooth feet. He has natural framing. It's just that the technique's not really there uh, and you can coach technique. And then the anchor is the biggest issue, right? He can commonly get driven back into the backfield. Being able to put on some weight is going to help that a ton. And so I do think that while he wouldn't be a great option to start day one as a rookie, I think after your rookie season, you're talking about a guy who has legitimate top 10 tackle potential, um, but is likely for the majority of his career going to be, you know, a top 12 to 20 tackle, which if you can get that in the late first round is not the end of the world. Now, um, you mentioned, you know, the Browns. If the Browns took him at 10, or, like, let's say trade it back. So, in my mock draft, I had them trade back to, like, 16. Mm -hmm. If the Browns, but let's say they stay at 10 and took Cleveland, what would your reaction be? Uh, it's still a bad pick, right, because they're just better players available. But I wouldn't hate it as much as I'm sure the consensus would be, right? Some people would give it an F. I'd probably give it, like, a D+. Plus. <laughs> uh, I, I would I would probably go the Connor Rogers L. Um a potential, and that would probably be the consensus as well. Um, but yeah, personally, I do think that because his upside's so high, and I think he's a, he's a quality enough player as is, um, and that his issues are all coachable things, that it's okay to take him. I do think that if they do want to take him, taking a ten is the completely wrong move. But at the end of the day, you got to trust your board and take your players. Not everyone's going to be right, right? So true. And it is the Browns. Like, I, I had a whole thread about the Browns a couple of days ago because I was bored, and they are truly one of the most deplorable drafting teams I've ever seen. In my life. However, however, with this new regime, it may not be completely terrible. We can only hope. 
we know a lot of Browns fans that that are you know in this industry, and for good Yo, reason. Listen, because Browns I'm, fans are the most incredible human beings I've ever met in my life. <laughs> yep. But <laughs> your team is terrible. <laughs> All right, Devin, what's your next one? Oh, man. I don't know how I'm going to top that one. Jesus. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, let me think. Mm. If you want extra time, Matt, do you have another one? Yeah, I can go. I can keep going with the offensive right. tackle idea, too. All right, let's um, go. So, to me, the consensus among draft media is that Dredge Brills is the number one offensive tackle in the class. That's the way I have um, it. I know you have Wirfs as OT1. I do have Wirfs as OT1 and Wills as OT2, and it's very marginal. But I do have a feeling, it's in my stomach, it's a large stomach, so you might be right, <laughs> that Jedrick Wills is not as loved by the NFL as he is by draft Twitter and draft media in general. And I think that there's a very strong chance that Jedrick Wills is the third or later tackle taken in the first round. I can see so that. You, I had that happen. Yeah, so you said that Cleveland would be potentially drafted over one of the top four. I think when you look at guys like Wirfs and Becton and how high their ceiling is, that's a very NFL thing to do is to take someone whose ceiling is so high. If Becton's the first tackle taken, I'm really just going to be blown away because <laughs> he, I just don't think he's that good right now. Um, and taking him over Wills would be ridiculous to me, but at the end of the day, um, you trust your scouts, you trust your board. If you have Becton higher than Wills, you take him. And then I also think that Andrew Thomas, what he has going for him that everyone else doesn't, is he's a very natural left tackle. He's played left tackle for three years at a Power 5 school in Georgia, at an SEC school in a national championship game, right? He has the resume that no one else contends with, right? Like, Jason Orr's played a couple games at left tackle. Mackie Beckton, I think, only played one full year of every game. At I Louisville. think so. And then Wills played one year of tackle and one year of guard. So Thomas, really, it's not even close with their the resume and I think Thomas is also a better player than people a lot of people give him credit for I think his floor is very very high and I think honestly he's going to be the it's him or Wills are going to be the best tackle right out of the gate um the issue for Wills is a lot of people do have some concerns projecting right tackles to left tackle um I don't think it's a major concern but it is it is a comfort thing so you never know player to player um but Andrew Thomas that's going to have him going so I do think there is a chance that Wills is potentially the third, fourth, or even fifth or sixth tackle taken, which to me would be mind-blowing if he's in that 5-6 range. But we talked about teams love Ezra Cleveland, teams love Austin Jackson. So if you get to a point where Wills is starting to fall into the late teens, early 20s, there's something wrong. So in in my mock draft, uh, I had the, the Jets trade up to seven, and, and Wills was the pick. He was OT2, but like you said, there's just so many other offensive tackle options mm-hmm. like Andrew Thomas would not surprise me if he goes really high as well for all the reasons that, that you had said. Ezra Cleveland, which, again, I wouldn't, but I know the NFL's going to. Even Josh Jones, who the luster on Josh Jones has kind of worn off a little bit in the last month or so as Austin Jackson and and, mm-hmm. um, and Ezra Cleveland have gotten more hype. But, I mean, I could see it happening. I'd be shocked if it did, but I can see it happening. Mm. All right, I'm ready now. All right, what um, you got? So, I know the safeties really haven't been talked about much, really, among draft Twitter. Uh, a lot of people are split between, you know, Delpit, McKinney, uh, Winfield Jr., um, you know, a lot of those other guys, uh, Duggar, uh, Ashton Davis, all that. I think that Winfield is the first safety taken 
Um, I don't know if that's a super hot take, really, but I feel like the NFL pedigree in his family, um, his versatility, uh, how he can play kind of all over the field, I think that'll suit well for NFL teams. So I think that uh, he will be the first safety off the board, and I feel like it will be between pick like 15 and like 2022. Who do you think takes him, if you had to guess? Raiders. Okay, oh. I'm down. I'm actually down. Raiders. I, I just have a feeling. He just gives me the vibes that the Raiders would take him. Mm-hmm. I think he's more like John Gruden would love him. Yeah, I think, well, definitely I think Gruden would love him. <laughs> I also think he fits well with um, Abram that they took last year in the first round as well. So there's definitely a chance. I mean, oh, yeah. I think... You, I think we could also see a team like the Eagles take him, right? I think we could see a team. I, like, I'd be okay with that. Even if the Cowboys really, really liked him, like I think I would not be okay with that. <laughs> I was also thinking Cowboys might be another landing spot. Um, I know that a lot of people have been kind of going back and forth, especially Cowboys Twitter. Uh, Dalton Miller, uh, the homie. Yeah, I know that he he's been all over a Cowboys seventeen pick with Chase on and. Uh, Essentially, Judy falling to 17. Uh, I also don't like these mock drafts that have Judy falling to 21 or any anywhere below, like, anywhere in the 20s. I just don't think that's possible. If you can find more where Judy falls to 21, can you send them my way? Yeah. I, I want to say – I saw something yesterday. I know we got tagged on one today uh, or Monday, I should say. This is going to come out in, in a couple of days. But I know that people have been – really pushing the like 20 ish range of Jerry Judy. I want to say it was an Eagles mock draft where they picked Jerry Judy at 21. Hmm. I'm just like, there's just, I don't see it happening. I just, I just can't see that happening. I mean, it's very possible. Yeah. Just right. depending. Like the draft, I never say nothing's possible, impossible, but. Oh no, it's the Niners really who did. somehow got 21. Yeah. yeah he uh, did. Eagles he probably did. moved up. Yeah. Traded three picks. And didn't Which would make sense to me if the Eagles moved up to 13. Yeah. Now, if the Eagles take CeeDee Lamb, I'd be livid for two reasons. One, I think it just doesn't make sense. I think Ruggs or Judy just better fits the offense. And yes. B, I just love CeeDee Lamb, and that would suck. Um, but, yeah, Judy falling, I think, if anything. So, my issue is, it was one point where, like, everyone thought Judy was, like, a top five lock, right? Mm-hmm. I... I think it's gotten to a point now where I think the NFL consensus-wise probably views Judy as wide receiver three. Um, I think the NFL loves Henry Ruggs just because he's super, super fast, right? Game breaker. He's John um, Ross. Some reports good. of Kansas City loving Henry Ruggs, right? Like, there are teams in the late 30s that are going to want to try and move up for him. Um, I think you could also see Ruggs go as high as, like, 11 um, and I think CeeDee Lamb's going to be like, I think CeeDee Lamb's in play at 12. I think he's also in play at 11. I think he's in play at 8. Right, so there's, uh, or even at 9. So I do think that there's a chance. I think the earliest that Judy goes is maybe 13, right? Like, that's, I think, where his ceiling is for where he gets picked, whereas Ruggs and Lamb are all just a bit earlier. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I do think that it is interesting how Judy's stock has kind of fallen from grace, though, where it was a lot of people thought he was this generational wide receiver talent. Uh, you know, I've been on the C.D. Lamb train since August. Just went through that one out there. But um, it, it has been kind of interesting. I think 20 would be kind of 
horrendous, and I'm not sure that a team like the Cowboys who are loaded at the receiver position would pass on someone like that, or uh, the Raiders if they're picking 19 and didn't go to a, didn't take a wide receiver at 12. Um, even the Jaguars at 20, if they didn't take a wide receiver at 9, I do think that there are ways um, that Judy doesn't get to 21, but it wouldn't surprise me if he is there on the late teens. See, if, if for my mock, I have all uh, all three of the top ones going within four picks. Um, I won't spoil the order, but yeah, like they all kind of go in that like early to mid-teens. Mm-hmm. But again, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Really, I, if any of the top three go as the as the first off the board, it's not going to surprise me. Now, if like Justin Jefferson were the first one off the board, I'd, now we're oh talking to gosh, surprise. Be <laughs> uh, that I'd would be, be so like Justin Jefferson in any other class is wide receiver one, pretty much. But in this, I one, don't even have Justin Jefferson as wide receiver four in this class. Really? Yeah, I like Denzel Mims a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've also okay. been on that train for like two years. Okay, if like Jalen Rieger was wide receiver one. God. Yeah. <laughs> um alright, I got one. I'm not sure how bold this is, but the the Patriots sorry, not the Patriots, the, the the Buccaneers have Tom Brady. I'm not used to saying the Buccaneers and Tom Brady in the same sentence. Um I think it's safe to say that when you have Tom Brady as your quarterback, you're in win now mode. You're not getting much instant impact at 14. Your offensive line has Donovan Smith on it and 34-year-old DeMar Dotson as your tackles. I think Tampa trades at least up to pick eight to get an offensive tackle. I think that they could try to maybe... This is where that Detroit trade comes in. You want to make sure you get your guy... I think Tampa could trade as high, could trade up as high as three. Huh. Um, it would take a lot. It would, but I mean, my only thing is, are the Giants willing to move all? Like, yes, they want to trade back. Are they? No, 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 not not with the Giants. With the with the Lions. Or with the Lions. Sorry, are they willing to move all the way back to fifteen or to fourteen? Right, that's the big question. Obviously, yes, the Buccaneers would love to move up to three and get their number one tackle. Now you just have to find a team willing to move upwards of ten spots back. Um, the Lions are definitely very interested in the training back. However, it is very likely the last year of Patricia and Quinn to kind of do something, right, make the playoffs, contend. Um, so I don't that know sucks. that they would... Yeah, exactly. I don't know that they would be willing to part with a blue chip talent, right? Because who are you getting it at 14? You're passing up on a, like, a Jeff Okuda, an Isaiah Simmons, a Derrick Brown. But, counterpoint, think think about when Tennessee traded out of number one to 15 and then traded back up. For Conklin? For, well, the player doesn't matter. But no, like, I know. Yeah. I, was just, I was just trying to remember the trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They traded from 1 to 15 and then traded up for, for Jack Conklin. Um, or if they... Maybe. I mean, uh, they definitely could look at it that way. Yeah. And especially I, if, let's say, Tampa goes have 14, a second, let's, and... I don't it, would, know. it would definitely minimum be two first round picks. It, it, yeah, plus like a first and a third next year or whatever the, the, yeah. you know, the case may be. I mean, it's definitely possible. I think Tampa would probably try to move up a little bit 
link to the Panthers or to the Cardinals instead. Because I'll but say I do, this. I could see them moving up. Jason Light really needs to hit this out of the park because you talked about Bob Quinn being on his last legs. <laughs> Bob Quinn. Jason Light's been there since 2015, and he drafted a kicker in round two. And not even a good Yeah, I don't know how that dude has a job, though. <laughs> I, he should, he's like three years past me. Him and, ironically, Steve Keim. Anyways. I think Steve Keim was able to do Bill O'Brien. At least that happened. And he drafted <laughs> That's Kyle That's not Murray. hard. <laughs> he's, he drafts Kyle Murray, so it is what it is. Like, True. Whatever. Um, I don't know. You got one more? Yeah, I think KJ Hamler could be a first-round pick. Oh, and I oh, don't you like... took you took my idea. Oh, I was <laughs> thinking the same thing. Um, I I love KJ Hamler. Like as a player, he's so fun and so exciting. Like I loved watching Penn State games this year because his his acceleration I think is just as good as Henry Ruggs. My scale, my grading scale, despised him because <laughs> he's tiny. He lacks production. He's got poor hands. Like that's those are three major things on my scale. All really, really gave him a negative, um, and I know not a lot of people um, cater to production grades, but I I think it's important. It's also why Henry Ruggs is comfortably my wide receiver three. I don't think he's on the same level as Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb. But my issue with Hamler is that I think he got, I think he could be a first round pick because the NFL always falls in love with these athletes. Um, I don't think he should be a first-round pick, but if, like, the top three receivers are off the board, I'm not convinced that maybe the Eagles don't go for a Hamler or um, a team like the Packers pair him with Devontae Adams or the Chiefs, who really want Henry Ruggs, could then settle for Hamler. Like, I'm not convinced that this wouldn't happen, right? So I do think there's a possibility that Hamler ends up as a first-round pick or a very, very high second-rounder. I could see it. Um, I wouldn't agree with it, but I could see it. I I have a good one, but I'll wait to see if uh, if, if Devin's got one more because I I got a juicy one to end it. Oh Lord, there we go. Um, let's see here. Hmm. Um, I don't think Kenneth Murray goes first round. Oh. Um, I think that, you know, when you look at Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray, I feel like Patrick Queen, just the way he plays, just his upside, everything. I think that that puts him ahead of Murray. And I just, I don't know if I'm sold on the Ravens potentially taking him at the end of the first round or even the Raiders taking him uh, mid-teens. I don't know. For some reason, I, I haven't built in the haven't I guess gave into the Kenneth Murray hype. Um, I feel like a team will get him in the second round, and um, I think it's just kind of that. I don't know. I mean, I like him as a player. I think he's still going to be very productive in the NFL, but I don't know. I I don't see it with him that everybody sees it sees it with him. I guess so. I think that he will fall in, into the second round. And who's to say that the Ravens get a linebacker? I know that is one of their needs, but, you know, could be they could get an edge guy like Yeter Grossmatos or get someone where that could be an instant contributor on their offense. They could get a get another weapon. 
maybe they get Hamler. <laughs> Who knows? You know, they love their small receivers. So, I don't know. I'm just not sold on Kenneth Murray as, as a first-rounder. I can see it. I mean, Kenneth Murray has just, just been my guy throughout this whole process. All right. Are you guys ready for, for – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, let me hear the spicy take. All right. So, this is going to be my last one. I think that Yannick Ngakwe is traded for a top 40 pick during the draft. But but I think that – and this was brought up by, uh, you know, by someone with a little bit of knowledge, you know, on the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys trade 17 for Jamal Adams. This is coming from Jonah Tulls. Mm. I think this happens. Hmm. Uh, um, we don't want to see it. I hate Adam Gaze. Uh, we, we, we don't want to see it. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. My only thing is like, would a team picking ahead of the Cowboys be willing to part with their first round pick for Adams? And I don't know, and I don't think so. I'm... I don't know that I think it happens, right? And that's what makes it a bold prediction. Is it possible? Yeah. Do I want it to happen? Definitely not. Do I think it'll happen? I don't think so, but I will never, ever underestimate Adam Gase's stupidity again. Also, Bill O'Brien runs a football team, so if Adam Gase could trade the Hopkins, Jamal Adams could get traded. Well, see, I don't, my, my, honestly, though, I don't know that the Cowboys would want to pay 17. I guess my only thing is, like, you see some of these players get traded for so cheap. Like, if Yannick Ngakwe is going for a top 40 pick... DeAndre Hopkins went for a second round pick and an injured running back. Well, that that could be something that be had for like a high second. I mean, I potentially. I don't know. I, I, Should I, he get I, traded? No. No. Not. Should he be traded but. to the NFC East? Absolutely not. <laughs> could he get traded? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yes. Oh, and. Um, I don't know. I get the feeling that Adam Gase is on his Napoleon complex again. So I think, like, I don't Adam think Gase that... Adam was born it, with his Napoleon complex. He was. I could honestly see, like, multiple Jets players being traded. Like, he could just say, like, you know, F it, let's trade uh, Jamal Adams. Um, I actually hate the Jets. I have very, very different reasons to hate the Jets than just, you know, their complete mismanagement, but that's another story for another time. Uh, like, he could just decide, you know what, I'm going to trade Jamal Adams and I'm going to trade Le'Veon Bell, even though I paid, we paid him a crap ton of money last year. And why not? Sam Darnold's seen one too many ghosts, so trade him too. Just <laughs> trade everybody. It, it's like Bill O'Brien, but slightly more or less stupid. Yeah. Damn, I hope he doesn't get traded to the Cowboys. I really, that, dude, I will cry. I don't listen, want to cry on draft day. Listen, I'm a Saints fan. That would be my worst nightmare. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you're an LSU guy. You'd have to root against an, uh, like an, a high-profile LSU guy. Oh, man. All right, one more, and then and then we'll get get out. I'm thinking, what's the most surprising first round pick you like? First round player you could think of, like that can go first round, or yeah, that, that, like, that like, consensus um, first round. That's like like I'm not talking Brian Lewerke going in the first round. <laughs> Re- reasonable first round picks. Um. Oh wow. 
I think Katie Hamlin's probably up there. Um, yeah. Personally, I don't think Patrick Queen's going to go in the first round. Um, but that's just my personal preference. Who do I think would be super shocking that could get taken in the first round? I mean, I would imagine it'd probably be one of the wide receivers. Devin said Michael Pittman. That, that would be pretty surprising to me. Um, that would have, Jeremy like, AJ Chin, Jenkins maybe? written over it. <laughs> Jeremy Chin, potentially. Yeah. I, yeah. Go him going round one would be interesting. What about Ashton Davis? See, I think Ashton Davis is like a top 40 player anyways. Oh, yeah. See, I have him at like 55. I know some people have him like really, really high. Wait. What about a running back? What about like yeah, Clyde edwards Lair? That that was what I was thinking. And um, and then I think, you know, a Jake Fromm or a Jacob Eason or a Jalen Oh, God. Is on is an option as well. I feel I like think out of that, I feel like out of that group, Jacob Eason would be the most likely to get picked first round. Oh, see, I think it would be Jalen Hurts out of that group that'd be most likely. I mean, th- this is purely for my for for my own sense of patriotism. Neville Gallimore. <laughs> hmm. Canadian bacon. Exactly. That like he like I'm un- almost unreasonably high. On Neville Gallimore. I think that maybe Mark Jarvis is the only person higher on Neville Gallimore than me. Because I have He's him got him, like, third. fifth overall. Yeah, I have him <laughs> third. <laughs> I have him third. Or sorry, th- sorry 30th. Um, I was going to say, wait a second. <laughs> wait, wait a second. He's my third de- defensive lineman, not uh, not third overall. Um, but, like, what if we get into, like, Seattle and they just decide to Dude, take Seattle will take whoever the hell they want. I mean, they. I, I, Seattle is one of the like. I think Ben Seattle Solak take Julian Blackman and not care. <laughs> I think it was Solak who mentioned this like maybe a month or so ago that like Seattle just needs late round picks way more than they need first round picks because they don't know what to do with the first round picks. Yeah, they yeah, like they, always god tier late round pick drafters. Like they I, always I, miss um, first round and second round picks. Just like good I lord. I swear this year I've mocked them. Jonathan Taylor, uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, Yitor Gross Matos, I think maybe even a safety. Like, I don't know basically, what they're going to do. Basically, I have no idea what they're my, gonna do. basically, my way of drafting for the Seahawks is, hey, you drafted a terrible player at this position in round one X, you know, within the last two to three years. Why don't you try it again? But, like, with a good player. Like, one that doesn't suck. Yeah, see, I don't know. They, I don't think they can discern who is a good player and who's not a good player. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a long time since they, in the same draft, came away with Bruce Irvin, Bobby Wagner, and Russell Wilson. Seems very likely they're going to the pick. Before they uh, came away with like Earl Thomas and in Richard Sherman and Russell Okun. Yeah, they're insane. Uh, Anthony McFarlane, round guys. one. You think, no. Oh my God! To Seattle, <laughs> Seattle gonna, so Seattle's bad. gonna pick them. I would want to die. That would be them trying to figure out how they can outdo themselves from getting <laughs> Rashad Penny a couple of years ago. Anthony McFarlane, man, book it right now. Not like this. That'd be so <laughs> Not bad. like That'd this. Be terrible. Uh, well, I, it it sucks because I could actually see it happening. <laughs> like that's what makes it hurt. 
The, I, I would do a victory lap around my house a la Daniel Jones going top, you know, what was he, sixth overall last Bro, year? I was sitting in Tennessee and I almost passed out because I got so excited. I was studying for an exam and I actually paused the stream I was watching, ran upstairs and cackled for five minutes. Oh, God. Yeah. It was, it was a great day. I remember sitting in front of a bunch of Giants fans. They were like, like I was like sitting there. We were booing Roger Goodell. And he was like, Daniel Jones. And I was like, yes. And my friend Brandon, who's an Eagles fan, was like, yes. And these Giants fans behind us were like, no. And we were just so happy. All right. All right. Quick thing. Uh, so what is the worst player that you've seen someone mock to your team? Tua Tungavailoa. Yeah. And that's just because you you like Haskins a lot too, and there's no not just that. Like I am not just, taking two. I don't care what team. I don't care if the Dolphins were picking two. If the like, I don't think you can take a quarter of a, someone with that kind of injury downside that high, especially if you spent a first round pick on a quarterback last year. Yeah, like if Tua was Kyler, sure. If Joe Burrow's at two, consider it. Yeah, whatever. Tua, no, God, no, not like this. No, 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 no. Mike. Um. Oh, there, there are some bad ones that the Eagles have been getting mocked, all right? Like, I've seen at 21, um, who are some? I've seen Trayvon Diggs, which, no. Not Speaking good, of yeah. off-injured Alabama players, I've seen Terrell Lewis a couple of times. <laughs> Wait, at 21, really? At, tw- at 21. I think Patrick Queen wouldn't be a good pick there either. I see that everyone. Patrick Queen, I'm not really. Fu- I mean, I, I want I want Justin Jefferson at 21. That That's the guy I'm, like, mm-hmm. locked in on. Um, I've seen Grant Are you cool Del- with like a Jalen Rager there? I am not cool with a Jalen Rager there. I, I don't like Jalen Rager. I'd be fine with a Denzel Mims there or a Brandon Ayuk uh, there. Jalen Rager I have like late round two. I his hands like his hands worry me. Um T. Higgins, I I like T. Higgins. I don't want him at twenty one. He's the exact he, same player as JJR Sigoids. He, he's and not only that it's not what we need we need guys yeah. that are you know shifty fast can run routes he is Except none right. of those things what if i told you that there was <laughs> one one person in draft twitter who was like guys i don't think jdr jago white can tra- can separate in the nfl and then everyone was like no guys he got drafted by the eagles he's gonna be insane and was it wasn't you insane i'm assuming that was you that was 100% me. <laughs> oh, oh I, so good. Hang on, hang on. So I, I I, have compiled a list of some of the terrible ones I've seen at 21. No one knows how to draft for the Eagles at 21 because Howie Roseman is an in, insane DM yeah. to try to figure out what he's going to do because he I have a bunch of Eagles that one, I'm friends with. He nails it one year and then screws the pooch the next year. So I've also seen Ashton Davis at 21. I've seen Kyle Duggar. Um, who was... I've seen, like, some ridiculous ones. I couldn't have told you they were going to get Andre Diller last year whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked the pick afterwards because yeah. once you developed him, I thought that there was a deep... I thought it was a great pick. I thought it was the best possible situation for I've Diller. seen a tight end at 21 on a team that has Zach Ertz Ooh, and... You're kidding. I feel like I did see this. I feel like you recently yeah. this. It, it, was like, it was like Hopkins or Komet at 21, which, by the way, all of these tight ends suck. So you can imagine... Yeah, I'm not touching a tight end until the third round. Yeah, same, same. So when I am like the biggest hater of this tight end class ever, I would draft probably a punter before I drafted any of these tight ends. Rodrigo, Rodrigo, (laughs) Rodrigo Blankenship. Yes, sir. (laughs) Like I have seen some truly dreadful picks. I think I might have even after the after the combine seen Chase Claypool. And to be (laughs) fair, I don't actually think that. Like I think Harry Roseman's a great game. 
and arguably yeah. the best the best trade manufacturer in like NFL history. Yes. But I say this a lot. I could definitely like if I had been the Eagles GM since he's been the GM, like my drafts would definitely have been better. Like some of these picks are so mind-boggling. Like Donnell Pumphrey in the fourth round was wild to me. Oh, um, I don't don't bring up those old wounds. <laughs> don't don't do that to me. Matt, I like, thought we he, were friends. He some questionable selections. Um, you know what? Nelson Aguilar. Oh no, wait, no. Nelson Aguilar was Chip Kelly. By the way, I hate Chip Kelly with a passion. Yeah, not good. Not good. Yeah. I thought, and you know what? But there are times where I'm like, I don't think Miles Sanders is a good pick here. I would have taken Daryl Henderson, and then Sanders was like really, really good last year. And I think he's going to be a really good running back. Yeah. So, you know, credit to where credits due. But but how he does dumb some, he does some stupid stuff. Derek Barnett at fourteen. With uh, yeah, when you could have taken like Jonathan Allen, you could have taken Malik Hooker. He was one pick before Malik Hooker, and they knew that Malcolm Jenkins was not going to be around forever, and that Rodney McLeod is Yeah, and he was one not pick after amazing. Marshawn Lattimore. Could have moved up, too. Could have packaged, like, a fifth-round pick to go get Marshawn Lattimore instead of Derek Burnett. Oh, and don't forget, I believe he was GM in 2011 when they took a 26-year-old firefighter at 21. Yes, that was so funny. <laughs> and that's why he wasn't the GM for, like, three years. <laughs> but, you know, he also, in the next two years, got... Fletcher Cox and Lane Johnson. So, yeah, go figure. And Lane Johnson was the third tackle taken. That's kind of wild. At four, twenty thirteen is the weirdest. That's draft the com- ever. that's comfortably the worst draft I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Do you ever look back on it? It's like Eric Fisher, Luke Jokel, Deion Jordan. Then it's Lane Johnson. It's like Lincoln Tomlinson or someone. Yeah, uh, yeah, like Ezekiel Ansah, Barkevius Mingo, truly Jonathan Cooper. Fun. I forgot what seventh overall as yeah. a guard from North Carolina. He's not even in the NFL now. He, he Neither is D. Milner. The Redskins. God, remember D. Milner? Yeah, and then, like, DJ Hayden, DJ Fluker, Chase Warman. Like, they were... Tavon Austin, I think, was, like, the first receiver taken. Like, yep. It was it was truly a horrendous draft. DeAndre he Hopkins like, was taken 27th. Yeah, exactly. Oof. But yeah. like, oh, that was the Manti was... draft! That was Manti Teo! <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, the second round was, like, loaded, though, because I think Zach Ertz... Um, Darius Ertz, Slay, Kawan Short, Le'Veon Bell, Jamie Collins. Damn. Then I also think Tyron Math- or Teron Armstead was taken in this class. Actually, Tyron Matthew might have been drafted as well. Tyron Matthew was. The class they was both loaded. were both third the round. Was loaded. Teron and, Armstead, and, yeah, no, yes, David sir. Got drafted here too. Like the class was loaded. It's just the not to mention, not to mention, our personal favorite analyst over at the Draft Network, Jordan Reed. Oh, true. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> No longer a uh, Washington Redskin, though. No longer a Washington Redskin. Actually, next year there is a Jordan Reed in the draft that is spelt the same way, too. So, like, that's going to that be amazing. from? Uh, Michigan State. Okay. We'll, we'll yeah. not... Wait, really? Yes. I we'll looked this watching. up. There's also DiCaprio Boodle or something like that from <laughs> Nebraska. The... There's a Rashad Wild Goose the second. Yes. All name teams. And Diab- uh, was it uh, Divine Diablo or something like that? Like I'm just ready for DeColtis to ever do it. <laughs> oh Someone's my god! Someone's got another kid that one day. Jesus. Yeah, thinking about for the Saints, I've seen a lot of. We got way off topic, but yeah, we completely yeah. forgot to. <laughs> to it, it's all right. It's all right, man. It's all good. Uh, I've seen Jonathan Taylor been mocked to them, um, and I really don't love that fit, to be honest. I've seen, uh, I've seen, also seen Trayvon Diggs as well. Um, who else? I, I mean, for the Saints, it's just been like all over the place. Like Jordan Love. Uh, like one time, I seen Jacob Eason 
in a first round mock to the Saints. Uh, it's it's been nothing really too horrendous. I mean, most of the time people are like zeroing on, zeroing in on Kenneth Murray or Patrick Queen to be picked by the Saints. Uh, I see I've seen Josh Jones mock to the Saints, even though the Saints have two very good tackles in uh, Ramchek and Teron Armstead. Um, but like I said, I really haven't seen anything egregious really for the Saints side. thing. that's why I let you guys go first because I knew both of you guys had people like, you know, somebody pick some ridiculous picks for, you know, the Eagles and, and Redskins. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen, I saw an article that said that the Saints would trade up to get C.D. Lamb, which I would not be mad about, but they don't have nearly enough capital to just be trading up at, up into the high first round to get C.D. Lamb. So I, I would be shocked if that happened. But uh, I think that's going to do it for today, guys. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter at MikeH underscore Draft. You can find Devin at RealD underscore Jackson. You can find our work at BlueChipScouting.com. You can find Matt at its uh, – Matt, what is your Twitter handle again? At MVScouting. And um, so, Matt, are you doing anything for, uh, like, draft coverage? Can, can, the, can the people find you anywhere? So I do – uh, uh, yeah, so I had my positional rankings released uh, with the first pick, um, and then I'll have a mock draft from with the first pick, but I typically do all my draft stuff over at uh, Pro Football Network. I just moved over to the – we wanted to get an early start on the 2021 draft, so they moved me over there. It's um, been great to read those, man. I, I wanted to it's, say great work on It's those. really been fun to kind of look towards the future. It uh, feels kind of weird, but it has been enjoyable um, having so much stuff on my plate. Luckily, I have all this time. Um, but yeah, so we wanted to be able to make sure that we have all of the players fairly and and well-ranked for the mock draft sim because we do want to have the 2021 mock draft simulator up the day after the 2020 draft ends. Damn. So that's kind and, of the uh, Oh, God. I was sure if I no. got you off. And then... So that's why I've just been releasing stuff with the first pick. Come the end of the 2020 draft, I will be re full time PFN 2021 focus. And then, uh, well, good time to announce this. You can find Devin and I uh, during the draft. We're going to be uh, brought on for uh, Jake Ellenbogen's uh, draft coverage for Downtown Sports. We're going to be hopping in and out, giving some analysis of uh, you know the picks. You know, having a good time, probably drinking a cold one or two. So uh, be on the lookout for that as well. Uh, this was something that was brought up to us, and uh, we can't wait, man. It's going to be really fun. Good way to wrap up our, our, well, my first serious year of covering the draft. But uh, until next time, guys, uh, well, I guess the next time we'll be talking about draft grades. So uh, take it easy.